we all have different personalities and characters. Let me ask you, how many of you think you are ambitious and you like talking up front and you are a leader-like? How many of you are like that? Some of you, okay. That is um, cleric. You are a cleric. And how many of you are analytical and you are thoughtful and you plan everything ahead of? How many of you are like that? So you are melancholic. And how many of you are sociable and you like people, you're funny and you are pleasure seeking? How many of you are like that? You're a sanguine, okay? And how many of you are relaxed and quiet, nothing bothers you? How many of you are like that? So you are phlegmatic. Have you ever thought about why Jesus picked 12 disciples, not five, not seven, the perfect number, but why 12? I don't know. Jesus did it. But <clears throat> I think that there are different kinds of people that he can use, he needs to use. And maybe he picked 12 to say, all these people can be God's workers and can be in God's family. And that's why he picked them. And I'm pretty sure 12 of them, each of them had very distinct, very different personality that they brought to the table. And Jesus had the hardest time dealing with all of them because they were all different. Isn't that just like our church? Our church is very different. We bring different background, different culture, different language, different upbringing, different characters that we are all diverse and all different. But isn't that about God's family? Who is the most famous person in, among the 12? Who is the first person that, that keeps to your mind, that comes to your mind? Peter. What is Peter like? Very impulsive, very emotional, very... Um, he's a spokesperson of everyone. He likes to talk. One minute, he was walking on water in faith. The next minute, he was sinking in doubt. And he denied Jesus three times. But remember, he's always the first one that comes up. Every time there is a list of the names of disciples, he's always the first one. That tells you that he is the head or he's the face of everyone else. How about Andrew? Andrew and Peter were brothers, but how many of you remember hearing things about Andrew? What does the Bible say about Andrew? Not a lot, not a lot. So Andrew, probably the younger brother of Peter, lived in the shadow of Peter. But he brought, he led Peter to Jesus. How about James? James and John were brothers. What do you know about James and John? They were sons of thunder. They get angry very easily. Um, but you know, among the 12, there were three people that always uh, stand out. Who are those? Peter, James, and John, right? So here, Peter, James, and John were the three the most, usually the the important, the inner circle. But Andrew was not part of it, even though he was the first one to bring Peter to Jesus. We'll talk about all of that. 
So James and John were sons of thunder. But remember, John, after spending time with Jesus, how did he turn into? He's called the disciple of love. And when the messages that he wrote to people, says like, my dear children, the beloved, his language changed. His whole personality changed after meeting Jesus. How many of you know about Philip? Philip has another name called Nathaniel. And, uh, well, Philip called Nathaniel, not, not he was called Nathaniel. He called Nathaniel and called saying, come and see. That's, he, he's not well, really well known. Nathaniel is called, he had another name called Bartholomew. And how about Levi, Matthew? How many of you know about Matthew? What, what was he like? He was a tax collector, but he was Jew because he was a Levite. But became, he became a tax collector, and do you think Jewish people liked him? Hated him. He's a traitor. They hated him. But once he was called, he gave up everything and he followed Jesus. How about James the Less, Thomas the Doubter, the Doubting Thomas? How about Simon the Zealot? How about Jude the Thaddeus? Do you know a lot about, it, about them? Not a lot. How about Judas? Yes. <laughs> Judas, the betrayer. He betrayed Jesus. But he was really well-educated, very ambitious. He was definitely a cleric. But eventually he failed. He made the greatest, the worst error in history. But among them all, who is the best disciple? Who do you think is the best disciple? Let me rephrase the question. Who do you think Jesus needed first among all 12? Was it Peter? Was it John? Peter, James, and John. Was it any one of those three? How about the others? Like the one who is really quick at calculating. Maybe Matthew, the tax collector. Or maybe... Judas, someone who is like a leader-like, who was the best disciple? Who did Jesus need the first? I'm going to be reading from John 1, 35 to 42. And the Bible says this. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, behold the Lamb of God. Then the two disciples heard him say this, follow Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying and spent the day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translates is Peter. So we see here, Andrew and one of the disciples, not Peter, were, were the disciples of who? John the Baptist. They are following John the Baptist. But when Jesus came, John the Baptist said, here is the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, the famous phrase. 
And this disciple and Andrew dumped their master, dumped their teacher, John the Baptist, and followed Jesus and spent the day with him. And after that day, I don't know what the conversation they had, but he, Andrew was convinced that this is the Messiah, the Christ. And the first thing he does, the Bible says, is what? He goes to find his brother Peter and says, we have met the Messiah. You have to come see him. Hey, dude, you have to come and check him out. This, this guy is the Messiah. And he does that. And who is Peter to him? His brother. How many of you go to your brother, your sister, and talk about church? Not the bad things that happen, the, 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 the funny stories or the interesting stories about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus, the gospel. How many of you talk to your family members about God? Andrew did that. Yes, Sungjin, good job. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Andrew did that. And not many of us can do that, but Andrew is such a person. Andrew, the name Andrew means manly and brave. Andrew is the younger brother of Peter. And he, they both were, what was their uh, occupation? Fishermen. If you know anything about fishermen, they are very strong physically and also mentally very strong. Very aggressive, assertive, strong people, strong-willed people. Because that, that's what you have to be. But he was always under the shadow of his brother Peter. And um, Andrew never stood out. Because Peter always stood out. Of the two people, of, among the two people, Peter is always first. And Andrew is always following. Uh, how many of you are a second child? When, when you are introduced, are you introduced by yourself, or are you introduced as your brother or your sister's sibling? Oh, this is so-and-so's brother. This is so-and-so's sister. Is it always like that? <laughs> yeah, usually, because your brother or your sister is always older, and that means usually, oh, this is so-and-so's sister, so-and-so's brother. Yeah, living under the shadow. Uh, if you're a second child or the middle child, you know what that means. Andrew was the middle child. He was like that, the second child. His name was mentioned 13 times in the Bible, and of all that 13 times, seven times he's introduced as Peter's brother, Andrew. You like that? Not so much. The spotlight is not on you, but on someone else. <clears throat> Peter was a mouth, but Andrew was a door. He was a door. Don't get me wrong, God needs Andrew and God needs Peter too. He needs everybody. That's why he called 12. And when Peter spoke, how many people were converted to Christianity in one day? In Acts 2? 3,000 people got converted. Peter was a mouthpiece. God used him mightily. So both were fishers of men. After meeting Jesus, both became fishers of men. Peter by a net, Andrew by a fishing pole. He went and picked out an individual and converted that one soul to Jesus. Key people, that's what Andrew did. 
So the first thing Andrew did was to find Peter, his brother, and brought him to Jesus. So why did Jesus call Andrew first, not Peter? Wouldn't it it have been nice to call Peter first so he could represent everyone and he could do all his work? But no, Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, he called Andrew first, the first disciple. Why? Because Andrew could could go and find someone like Peter. In John chapter 6, there is a story of feeding of 5,000. And if you read that story, it's very interesting because... Excuse me. Because Jesus asked the question, where should we buy food to feed all these people? And he asked Philip the question. And the Bible says when he asked the question, he was testing Philip. And Philip was like, oh, what do we do? Why do you ask me? You should ask Peter or other people. But he asked Peter, he asked Philip, and everybody else is talking. Can you imagine what the disciples are doing? Oh, man. Now, there are people who are analytic people. They're calculating. Okay, so how many people do we have? How much money do we need? How far is the town? How can we transport all the food? How can we deliver it? They're all calculating. There are leader people like, oh, I got this. Guys, sit down. I have a plan. And they're all talking. Okay, we'll do this and that and that. And there are other people like, oh, I don't know what to do. You guys do it. I'll just follow whatever you do. They're all talking and planning and, and thinking about what to do. At that time, what happens to Andrew? Here, John 6. <coughs> and this is what happens in verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months of wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, again, Simon Peter's brother, Andrew, um, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. So here, Andrew, while everybody else is talking and, and discussing and, and have a meeting, Andrew, quietly, because he's not a mouthpiece, he's a door. He goes and looks around and he finds a boy. And he brings the boy to Jesus. That means he already asked the question, do you have any food? I'm pretty sure he met quite a few people who had food. But he came to the point where he, could, he found a boy who is willing to sacrifice, willing to give up, give up his lunch to Jesus. And he brought him to Jesus. While everybody else is all talking, busy talking and planning and, and like talking about it, Andrew goes and finds somebody and brings him to Jesus. And not in this count, another count that says 200 denarii is not enough to feed everyone. Do you know what that means, 200 denarii? It sounds really foreign. Let's translate it into English. One denarii is one person's, uh, one person's uh, uh, wage for a day. So 200 denarii means how many days of work? 200 days of pay, basically. 
Now, if you work five days a week, Monday through Friday, and if you work four weeks a month, how many, so in, in one month, how many days do you work? Oh, thank you. How many days do you work? You work 20 days. So 200 denarii means how many months of worth of, of, of salary or wage? 10 months. The Bible says 8 months, but in a, in a calculation, it's closely like 10 months. 200 denarii means that. 10 months. Now, how much money is 10 months worth of salary? According to socialsecurity.gov, in 2016, the average wage for American was how much? 46,000 and some change. So if you do the math, 46,000 in a year, 10 months of your pay is close to 40,000. So if you do the math, 40,000 divided by how many people there were there? So there are 5,000 men and they're doing the calculation. 5,000 men means another 5,000 women, so 10,000, and about that many number of children, so easily 20,000. So if you divide 40,000 into 20,000 people, that's about $2 per person. So if you were to buy food for $2 per person, do you think that would be enough? Maybe, maybe not. Just a little bit, just enough for them to have a bite. That's what they were doing. 200 denarii. That's where they came up with the number 200 denarii. That's Philip. On the other hand, Andrew is like, well, I found the boy. Here's a lunchbox with just a little bit of food. But I don't know how far this will go. At that point, Jesus says, this is enough. Have people sit down. When Jesus asked the question, where can we buy food? Was he asking them to calculate the money, bring up some funds, or we can maybe collect donations and maybe we can go buy food? Was he asking that question? No. He was asking them to have faith. And Andrew did just that. That's Andrew. Peter is different. Philip's different. Judas is different. Judas is probably because he's the, he's the treasurer of the whole, whole gang. He was like, we have no funds, you know? We don't have enough money for this. You go and raise funds or do something. Have someone donate money, and we need to collect money. Where is the, where is the offering basket? Judas is probably thinking that. <clears throat> Whereas Andrew went ahead and found somebody. You know... <clears throat> this miracle is the greatest miracle of all the miracles that Jesus has done. Why? What do you think is the greatest miracle, the most powerful miracle? Was it raising someone from the dead? Was it healing the, 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 the like sick people or having people be able to see or, or people speak or healing the uh, whatever? No, it wasn't. When Jesus rose Lazarus, who died for four days, people didn't care. They were like, okay, whatever. But when this miracle happened, they wanted to throne Jesus, the next king, because they realized this guy is really, really the Messiah. And if we have him, then we can be the greatest nation of this world. And among that, in the middle of that greatest miracle, who is in the center? 
is Andrew. Andrew. Someone that Jesus needs the most is not someone who would calculate everything, someone who will sit down and plan everything, someone who would do a lot of things or donate money. He needs, yes, he does need everyone like that, but someone who needs the, needs the most is somebody who would bring someone to Jesus. Are we doing that, friends? Are we bringing someone to Jesus? Are we doing what Andrew did? Are you talking to your brother or your sister or your family members about Jesus? Yeah, we talk to our family members about our church, how great our church is. We are doing some great things. We are doing this evangelism. We are doing this missionary work. We are having some fun events. We are doing a lot of things. But are you sharing Jesus with your family members? That's what Andrew did. That's what Andrew did. If we go to John 12, there's another story of, of this Andrew. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. The Greeks were asking, Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. So here's another story about Philip and Andrew. So there are some Greeks that came seeking to meet Jesus. And they, go to, they find whoever that was standing there, happens to be Philip, and they go to Philip and say, Sir, we want to see Jesus. We are looking, we're looking for Jesus. And Philip, his job was supposed to do what? Introduce them to Jesus. Instead, he goes to who? Andrew. And Philip says like, hey, buddy, there, there are some people here, they, they want to see Jesus. I don't know if I should do this. They're Greeks. We don't like them because they're Gentiles. They're not Jewish. What are we supposed to do? And he was hesitant to bring them to Jesus. Andrew, on the other hand, was like, what are you talking about? This is, we are, this is what we are supposed to do. We are born to do this. And they bring them. They both of them bring them to Jesus. And guess, get this. Right after this, see what happens in John 12. So John 12 and verse 20, 23. So after um, Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus in 22. In verse 23, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. What does that mean? When Jesus said, the hour has come for me to be glorified, in translation, that means he's going to die on the cross. Do you know what that means? When Andrew brought Gentiles to Jesus, the first thing Jesus says, the hour has come. Now I can die. Meaning, I can leave this work to you guys, I can die now. Entrusting this work, this mission work in your hands, now I can die. Do you get it? Do you get that picture? When Andrew brought someone to Jesus, that's what you just said. Who is the first person, who is the first one who spread the gospel to the Gentiles? Is it Paul? 
in AD 34? No, actually it's Andrew. It's actually Andrew. We don't know much about Andrew, but this is what he did. So in, in conclusion, Andrew was the best disciple. He called Peter. He was the first one because he brought people to Jesus. And in the best miracle of Jesus, he was in the middle. He brought the key person, the boy, and the lunchbox to Jesus. And the best mission, the mission to the Gentiles, he was the first one initiated this work. And Jesus said, this is enough. Now my time has come. Andrew may not be the person who is up front all the time. He may not get the spotlight. He's always in the shadow of his brother Peter. But what he did was a key work in the gospel work. That we too can do. Now, what can we do to be like Andrew? What is the work that he has done? Bringing someone to Jesus. Can you do that too? He didn't bring 3,000 people. All he did was he brought one person. If you have no talent to talk to people, to be like an evangelist, to be a pastor, to travel around the world and spread the gospel, you don't need to. There are other people that God has given talents to do so. What you need to do, what God is calling you and me to do, is to talk to your family member, talk to your friend, and find, looking for that, finding that boy, and bringing one person to Jesus. Do you have that one person that you can talk to Jesus about? In a small town called West Branch in Iowa, there was a carpenter, 29 years old. On his way to church, he found four young boys playing on the street. He went and talked to them, and he brought them to his church, Sunday church, and he volunteered to teach them because there was no other teacher. He volunteered for nine years to be the Sunday, Sunday school teacher, and he taught them faithfully with all his heart. Time went on, they grew up, they all got married and got a job and all that, and this guy, the carpenter, he was retiring. On his 73rd birthday, he threw out a birthday party, and he was retiring. And he received four letters from those boys. One was a missionary to China. The other boy was the chairman of the Federal Reserve. The third one was the presidential secretary. The fourth one was the 31st president. Who is it? 31st president, President Hoover. Those four boys became those four people, the missionary, the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank, and the presidential secretary, and the president himself. Now, something that this man did, even though he was just a carpenter, what he did was bringing people to Jesus. And imagine what kind of impact it had on those four boys. The best present is introducing Jesus to people. How many of you want to be like Andrew? 
because Jesus is in need of Andrews. And I pray that you would be an Andrew today. When you go home, when you go back to your work, when you go back to your family members, your job, your school, I challenge you to be an Andrew. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you that you have called each and every one of us. We are all different, but you have given us the talents to be your disciple, your child. Lord, we learned about Andrew, someone who is always in the shadow of someone else up front, someone who is not a good talker, someone who, is not, who does not have a lot of talents, but someone who can do something very small. But Jesus accepted Andrew's work and turned that into the greatest miracle, the greatest disciple, the greatest mission. Lord, we pray that you will help us to be like Andrew, help us to share Jesus to someone who is close to us. Bless us so that we could share Jesus, this key gospel, this good news, to someone in our family members, someone of our friends. Bless us so that we could be an Andrew today. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up.